0: here's the interview I thought I'd lost. Thank God. And thank anchor.fm that saved it for me right where it was supposed to be. Total operator error. You'll enjoy this one. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet, nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years, and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe, and you can get more of me at essentialstepmom.com. Meet Jack Rollins, host of a podcast called F Divorce. I stumbled on it a few months ago, and I couldn't believe some of the things I heard. It's actually amazing to me that after having gone through a divorce with my ex-husband, and of course, also being married to someone who went through one himself, I was still pretty ignorant about a lot of things that guys are carrying around inside. So I thought I'd invite Jack on here as a guest, even though he's not a dad. I mean, we had Tristan Reese on, who's a dad but not divorced, so why not? Here he is. Hi, Jack. Thanks for being on the show today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Um, I found you through your podcast "F Divorce," um, also on anger. Um, I just wanted to ask you how long you've been doing that.
1: Uh, the podcast, on and off for about a year now. I don't release every week like I'm probably supposed to, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sometimes I, I just get burnout. Yeah, and I, I take breaks.
0: <laughs> it's it's a lot more work than you would think, even with even with anchor doing so much of the work, it's, it's still a lot to prepare the mm-hmm. content and everything. What made you want to do that?
1: Um, you know, it wasn't really, uh, I didn't really have a plan. Um, I, 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 I was, I was listening to you and and Jeffrey Hoffman from visible man, a couple episodes back. And he kind of described how, he realized that there wasn't this kind of place for men to come together to discuss these kind of things. And I didn't really start out like that. Um, when I first got separated, I was in a really, really bad place. Emotionally speaking, I was drinking way too much. I was just, mm-hmm. I was just hurting. Um, and at that point I had just turned 30 and none of my friends, you know, could relate to me male or female because most of them were just starting to get married. And here I am, you know, Oh, for one already. And, uh, (laughs) and I don't come from a family where divorce is something that happens very often. I have, Mm -hmm. uh, like, two people in my extended family that have been divorced or old Irish Catholic. Like that just, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't, I didn't feel like there was anybody I could talk to and uh, add that to the fact that they tell you, keep your mouth shut when it comes to social media and that kind of stuff. You don't want to get in trouble for, um, you know, right. court and any of that. I just, I felt trapped. I had, I had a lot of anger and pain and all these these big emotions with no way to get out. And um, somebody who I worked with started using Instagram for their for their business, and I wasn't aware that you could do that. I knew you know Coca Cola probably had an Instagram account, mm-hmm. but I thought Instagram was something for like really big companies, influencers, and just regular people taking pictures of like their food. Um, yeah, And they, this, this, this person that I worked with kind of opened me up to this idea that, Hey, you can, you can do anything you want. And so I really started the Instagram account as a way to uh, get those big emotions out there to just kind of yell into the void. Um, So there wasn't really a plan and I didn't expect anyone to follow me or respond back. That wasn't the that wasn't the game. I just wanted to shout something to anyone, you know, and over time uh, people did start responding and following and it just kind of went from there, kind of snowballed from there.
0: Cool. Well, I mean, good on you. I think that was probably, was probably a therapeutic thing to do.
1: Incredibly. Uh, it. It was hard. It was especially hard at first because I was looking for other men to connect with uh, here and there. And there really weren't any. The ones that were around were, I don't know if you ever heard the term red pill. um, But they were red pillars, which means uh, they were at that point pretty much anti-woman. And I'm not anti-woman. You know, I don't hate women. I... I jokingly say, I don't hate women. I, I just hate one woman. Um, <laughs> but yeah. that's all that was out there. I mean, if you look up like the divorce hashtag, the, I can't talk, the divorce hashtags, especially on Instagram, yeah. it was full of, uh, you know, women talking about their experiences and complaining and doing all the things that I wanted to do, but it was, it was women. So it, it was really hard at first to, um, connect with with any men there was the there weren't really a lot of people out there at first but there were a lot of women and they did um respond and kind of open me up to this idea that you can discuss your feelings and you can open yourself up and be vulnerable and you can heal from it uh you don't just have to swallow it down uh like we're kind of led to believe as men
0: I think the the men's emotional landscape can be kind of a mystery. I, it sure is for me. <laughs> um, it sure is for me. I mean, my I'm divorced. My husband is divorced, and I knew him at the time that he was separating and getting divorced from his wife. So I saw I saw him going through all of that, and maybe that's a little bit of a different experience for me than a lot of my listeners have, who meet their partner after that's already happened. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's something that, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to revisit. But I think that, like you said, a lot of it is stuffed down. And a lot of us are living with guys who are still, even many years later, um, I know, it's true, in my own case, many years later, still living with the emotional aftermath of that, with the, the trauma, the PTSD of it, the of the relationship of the breakup and how that happened and
1: yeah i think that's you know you said emotional landscape and i and I, I like that that phrasing uh one thing you know i never tried to be a representative for men um i tried to just be a representative for me uh we're all individuals you know but but we share i believe we all kind of share the same emotional landscape and i think that's something that we need to start kind of realizing and focusing on men feel pain too you know we may express it differently or in some cases not express it at all but we do feel pain we do feel ashamed we do feel all these things that you know women feel when they're going through a divorce or at least a lot of the same things we just don't have the ability or places to go that are you know as readily accessible that's changing um but it's it's not up to um you know what you see for for women i mean if you look online for divorce help or or counseling or a lot of those kind of things for women it tends to be very emotionally based um you know Mm -hmm. how to how to heal for men if it's even there it tends to be financially based you know how to protect your money I, and they don't really oh, touch on the so fact true. that you're crushed
0: yeah yeah no i think that's really true and even what um uh i had another guest on a while ago stefan juta who said that he he was reading on a forum that um uh, women were giving advice to another woman who was looking, about get, looking at getting divorced about how to sock money away to keep it out of the divorce settlement, like mm-hmm. how to, you know, money to your parents and they're going to hide it in a separate bank account or whatever. And everybody was all on board about, yeah, yeah, that's what you should do. And he said, God, if it was a man saying something like that, you know, everybody be all over him about like, how mm-hmm. could you do that? That's so unethical. <laughs> and what have you been sharing with your listeners about, like, wh- what do you talk about in terms of how you felt or what do you think they're resonating with?
1: You know, I th- a big part of, of I, I, I said early on, I didn't really have a plan. And, and to a major extent, I still don't have a plan. Uh, but one of the kind of mission statements or goals that I, I try to um, make sure is known is that you're not alone. Um, Mm. That there are other people out there that feel the way you feel, have been through the things you've been through. And that's because when I was going through it in the beginning, I did feel alone. And that was the the hardest part of it all is that there's just there was nothing. There was no one there. And so my uh, everything I, I do, I try to frame it through that perspective of saying, you know, you're allowed to feel this way, whatever, whatever you feel. You know, you're, you're allowed to, your emotions are important. They're a part of who you are, uh, how you react to them is, is, you know, really important, but you really shouldn't blame yourself for whatever emotions you feel because they're kind of a reaction. They just kind of happen. And so that's kind of, I, I just, I kind of touch on, try to touch anyway on, on those things, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, I really loved it when I was listening to your podcast. I loved hearing you talk about the how hard it was for you to announce to your friends and family that you were mm. getting separated from your wife, and what that what that did to you. Because it's a, really, it was like it opened a curtain for me on. A viewpoint that I'm ashamed to say that I hadn't considered even though I mean probably my my ex husband went through that and I certainly saw my my now husband go through it at the time but it didn't it didn't resonate with me as much as when I when I heard you say it
1: thank you yeah it's it's I mean that was the I remember the first the first person I told that it was was done uh was my mom and Mm. i called her um i was outside of this this dive bar um and i called her and it was (laughs) raining out and Mm. we were getting ready my family goes on a on a big trip to um this beautiful little town in michigan every year my whole family on my dad's side goes Mm. for a week and that was coming up and Um, so I kind of framed it as, and she's not coming this year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I remember the conversation. I remember the emotions like it was yesterday. I, I burst Mm -hmm. into tears. Luckily the rain was there. So nobody else could Mm -hmm. kind of notice. It just, my face looked wet, but, uh, um, but calling my mom and telling her that I failed. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I remember telling her, you know, a couple of weeks later and I said, tell everybody in the family. Um, but I don't want to hear about it. I don't want anybody to ask me if I'm okay. I don't want anybody to, uh, say your name, you know, just pretend like, um, just pretend like everything's normal. And mm for the extended family. And I, I don't know if that was the right move, uh, because what happened was, is I went there and, um, by the way, I proposed to her at this place in Michigan. Oh, uh, <laughs> That was awkward. <laughs> uh, yeah. Learned a lesson there. Um,
0: <sighs> but,
1: uh, but I think they were all scared to talk to me then, you know? Um, so nobody really talked to me that week. So it was, it was, might've backfired a little bit. Might've, they might've gone too far, but, but then, yeah, I mean, you know, my coming home and, and being around my sisters and my brother and then having to tell my friends, you know, all these people who less than three years ago had been at my wedding, had bought gifts, you know, had spent like serious money. Weddings aren't cheap, you know, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) had spent and, and, and just to, to look them in the face and in my head, it was like, it was all for nothing. You know, um, you welcomed this person into your life and it was, you know, for no reason at the end of the day, this is what it, yeah. what it felt like anyway. Yeah.
0: Well, I think um the, the element that you don't have in your story that I have in mine, and my listeners have is that, when there are kids involved, uh-huh. it adds another layer of complexity, uh, especially the grandparents wondering if they're still going to be able to have contact with those kids. And uh-huh. um, it, just the sometimes it even goes in the weird other direction where, like, your parents decide to stay very friendly with your ex. And mm. that that they continue to have a kind of family relationship that cuts you out of it. Like I hear that a lot. And yeah. That that's gotta be really hard.
1: Yeah. I, I have um a couple of friends and family are are still friends with her, at least on, on social media and stuff, and I've seen comments back and forth and You know there are no kids involved so there's you know that kind of bonus of of not having to deal with that in a way but uh but oh my god that takes me off so much because it feels like they're they're stabbing you in the back you know yeah Um, totally and especially with family like friends i mean obviously we have mutual friends and i'm not gonna sit there and say don't be friends with her that's not cool um but when it's family, it's like, I'm your brother, man. Yeah. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um Yeah. And that's well, I, I think
0: social media makes it worse. Like maybe in real life you wouldn't know if somebody got together for coffee or had dinner together or something like it's their business, but you end up you end up seeing everything on social media.
1: hmm Yeah. You know, you see them liking the new the new boyfriend's pictures or something like that, and you're uh. just like, "What are you doing?" Because <laughs> yeah, it's, especially from I don't I don't know if, I don't know if anybody agrees with me on this one, but I I tend to, from what I've noticed and kind of felt, it seems like when a relationship ends, generally it's the guy's fault uh, publicly. Anyway, that's kind of how we view yep. it. Yep. yep. Um. I on on Twitter uh there weren't as many uh divorce guys just like instagram but there were a lot of people that were dealing with infidelity which is something that i, I dealt with and mm-hmm. and a lot of these people were still trying to work it out god bless them um some of them have mm-hmm. have rebounded some of them haven't um but i noticed a lot of the time you know when a guy cheats he's a dog you know right um when a girl cheats what did the guy do to cause her (laughs) to do that? You know? Right. And that kind of happened to me. The affair was on her end and I felt like people, people were blaming me for that. And I knew people were blaming me for that. I had heard that people were blaming me for that. And so to kind of bring it back to what you're saying with, with, you know, friends and other people kind of reconnecting with them. It's like, dude, are you serious? She, she did this, yeah. you know, and yeah. you're over here yeah. liking it. Like, do you know who that guy is? <laughs> do you know what he did? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. um, And it was, yeah, it's, it's excruciatingly painful to see.
0: Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that's Thank you. <laughs> That that's happening. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't even know what to say after that, but I've, I've been um, sharing a kind of series of archetypes that I imagine for mm-hmm. myself in the, at least in the blended family world, that, mm-hmm. you know, there's the, the archetype of the single mom, who is the kind of saintly person who's been deserted by her, you know, good for nothing husband. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the, the single dad who is mostly thought of as a deadbeat dad. Like people mm-hmm. are surprised if there's a single dad who's actively involved,
1: mm-hmm.
0: caring for his kids. They think he's like having his arm twisted to, to do mm-hmm. that. And, um, and then the stepmom thought of as the, the woman who broke up that marriage. Yeah, yeah, she's like the evil vixen who was, right. you know, probably the one who dragged him away,
1: even but if she th- if there's a didn't step- show up until like two years later. But...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Ten years later is she yep. still maybe the one, you know, like
1: that mm-hmm.
0: because women say, you know, they they can't get the other like the other soccer moms don't want to talk to them. And mm. it's mostly because there's a, a this layer of suspicion over who is this woman with relation to that that couple that I knew when they were together, like what is your, is your role in this story? And they, there's, there's always a, you were. Yeah. And then if there's a, if there's a stepdad involved, well, he's a hero for bailing out from her predicament and stepping up to raise somebody else's kids. So that's what everybody is out in the world, kind of having to confront those societal archetypes of mm-hmm. who we are. And I agree completely with what you said. You know, if a guy does it like he's a jerk and if a woman does it, well, you know, what was going on in their marriage that drove her to, mm-hmm. to do something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, That sucks.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy that you said that the stepdad comes out like a hero. Cause I, I know statistically speaking, you know, my girlfriend now has kids. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, I know statistically speaking, well, once you get to a certain age when you start dating, you're you're gonna be dating people with kids. So yep, um, it's good to know that I'll be um, at least in those examples. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be coming out on top.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're a hero now. That's for sure. Um, and I obviously I, well, I'm not trying to say that that any of those situations are or aren't true in any particular case because for right. sure they can be but it's it's the it's the default impression it it's is what it see is media and movies and books and that's the mm-hmm. storybook portrayal of our situation so yeah i think that makes it even harder to deal with your emotion your authentic emotions
1: mm-hmm I think we as as humans, I mean, we like patterns, you know, we see things, we see patterns and we see, we like to put things in their little boxes. Um, and it just, we like things to be organized that way. And it's unfortunate because that's how those kind of things come about. And I, you know, one thing I've always kind of tried to push is that it's not, male or female, when it comes down to the emotion and the discussion and the personality and those kind of things. Sure. There are things that guys will traditionally do, you know, or characteristics that we may have that are more masculine, just as there are characteristics that tend to be more feminine. But when it comes down to this person, you have to look at this person, you know, that's it's it's their experiences, it's their life, it's their personality. So it's really unfair across the board uh, that we put we tend to put people in these these little boxes. You know.
0: Yeah. When you started to to talk to other guys, did you feel like was it hard to describe your feelings? I know that that in general women have a lot more experience putting their feelings into words with other, Mm -hmm. because we do that with our girlfriends. And was it, was it easy? Was it a relief? Was it kind of hard to do at first?
1: You know, there were very few guys that I reached out to um, in the beginning. Um, A couple of very close friends and they were the kind of people that I felt comfortable kind of being, um emotionally naked in front of because these were yeah. people that had you know watched especially with the marriage had kind of watched it die so they they were already mm-hmm. pretty aware um and it was funny because before before i got i you know at the end of the marriage i was in a like a men's club it was an irish catholic men's club kind of like knights mm. of columbus or
0: mm-hmm. you know any
1: of those and I joined them partially so I could be around, you know, good God fearing men and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully be able to open up a little bit. And that did, that did not work uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of inability to really outside of one or two people kind of talk was, was why mm-hmm. I started the account. And then what ended up happening was, as I was opening up not to male, not to female, just opening up, uh, is men started to reach out to me. And Mm. so I had already kind of had that. You've already seen me, you know, open up. So it's like, I didn't have to start the conversation. Most of the time they would come to me and knowing that I had already kind of done it, I think really helped, uh, a lot of the guys that have reached out to me, um, kind of open up in a way that they may not have felt comfortable otherwise. Um, and I, I get, I get really excited when I not, I mean, that sounds terrible because we're talking about divorce and like these terrible things, <laughs> but you know, um, you know, I get, but I do get, I do get excited when, it, when I see a guy comment or, or send a direct message or even follow because a lot of times a guy will follow and, and he won't comment and he won't like, but he'll be there, you know? Um, and, and some of them message me, you know, months later and say, Hey man. (laughs) Um, but to see an, a fellow man kind of come out and say, you know, I'm hurting. Um, I need to heal too, to, to, to be able to kind of start that connection and, um, and and grow from there has been, has been amazing. Uh,
0: let me ask you what, if any, um, influence with regard to healing, you feel that um, you're able to experience being in a new relationship, like talking to your girlfriend. Do, mm-hmm. I don't know but if you, if you actually talk about your, your feelings around your divorce, or if that's kind of, you just stay away from that.
1: Yeah, we, we do quite a bit. We, we met through the account. Um, no way. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, you tell people not to hit on people on Instagram, but um, oops, but no, we uh, we met on the account and that's how we connected. And so a lot of our early, early discussions were about those things just because that's how we knew each other. So those those early discussions turned into, you know, daily messages and then texting, phone calls, et cetera. Uh, so we've always been fairly comfortable discussing those things with one another and she's still kind of going through uh stuff with um the kids in court and that kind of stuff so he's Mm -hmm. very much uh in the picture uh for better or for worse and so we've you know it's it's unavoidable but since we started out there, we've both been very open and comfortable with talking about those things, especially when, it, when, as it pertains to the relationship itself, talking about things like triggers and, um, you know, not necessarily topics to avoid, but like certain, you know, those kind of things that are of the past relationship, the kind of baggage that you have. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to kind of help each other, through some of that stuff um you know i i don't like the idea of avoiding triggers uh, because yeah. at some point you have to you know you can't just not listen to beatles music for the rest of your life because <laughs> you associate you know like, sorry i like the beatles yeah. i'm gonna listen to them yeah. you know yeah. but knowing that <laughs> i can yeah. i can work with her on that um and she can work with me on on that as well so we've been um not relying on each other to heal. Cause I think that's important that you don't do that, that you don't put your baggage on, in someone else's cart and say, Hey, you, you fix this. Yeah. Um, but having someone that knows what it's like and, um, you know, helping each other through the process has been, um, you know, really beneficial. And it's been, in my opinion, wonderful because we've gotten to know each other, before we even, you know, made anything official, we got to know each other on such a deep level because of the fact that we were able to be so open about our previous relationships. That's great. And it's baggage that that stays with you forever. I don't like this concept that, that you know, you heal completely. Um, you know, if you look at, I don't know about you, but I've, I have plenty of physical scars all over my body. Um, and um when it comes to scars themselves i mean they they do heal i mean i'm not actively bleeding everywhere um but your scar tissue is actually a different different type of skin than your actual skin um Mm. and and that's why the scar kind of formed and you know that that will always be there you know um I can, you know, I I can use my arms. I can, I'm not, like I said, I'm not bleeding everywhere, but, but that scar will always be there. That baggage will always be there. I mean, when you get married to someone and, you know, tenfold, when you have kids, you know, there's, there's an exchange there that happens that can't be undone. And there's always going to be that connection. There's always going to be those like good times too. We talk about the bad times a lot, but there's always going to be good times too um, that I don't think we bring that up enough. I mean, I have fond memories with my ex and she has fond memories with her ex. Um, So I think there needs to be kind of a, a a logical kind of split somewhere. And for every couple, I'm sure it's different um, where, you know, you just have to realize that, that they are in a way especially with children, um, always going to be intertwined. And that's, um, you know, it's 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 a separate thing. It, it's not a commentary on you or your relationship, you know, in any way, shape or form. That's just how it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great way
0: of putting it. Well, I want to thank you for doing this. It's It's a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope that, I hope this will start some, helpful conversations for Thank you. people who are listening. I really hope that it will. And I hope that I hope that some people will follow you. Tell us exactly where to find you.
1: Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at F underscore divorce. Uh, I am on Facebook. I think you just look up F divorce. And then I have the F divorce podcast, which is available on any of your favorite podcast apps or whatever you call them nowadays anyway.
0: Well, that's where I found you. So I've, (laughs) I've really, really enjoyed following you. You've had also some great, some great guests on, you know, who just speak to this exact same issue from their own personal perspective. And there's, there's no end to that, you know, everybody's got their own story. And I think it's really nice to hear different people touching on different aspects of it so that you can say, like you just said, like, oh, God, I'm not alone. Like there's somebody else who had the same kind of experience or who's feeling the same thing that I'm feeling. It's, it's, it's so important.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So thanks again.
1: I really dig what you do. And maybe too. we'll do so. this again. Yes, I, I will. I'm telling you now I'll have you on my show whenever I start doing it again.
0: <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Thank you. I put the links to find Jack's podcast and his social media accounts in the show notes as well. Check him out. I'm personally grateful for some long overdue insights. So thanks, Jack. And if you're a dad listening today and you're not already a member of my Facebook group, One for the Dads, come on over. I'll be honest, it's not like the stepmom group, all chatty and stuff. But the guys seem to feel that it's enough to know that you're not all alone in the blended family game. You know, you can look over and see some other dads rowing there along beside you. If social media is truly not your thing, and I don't blame you there, you can connect with my email community for my weekly pep talk and a few words of hopefully welcome advice. Last week, I shared that my husband and I were able to finally overcome the gut-wrenching drama of parental alienation without either mortgaging our home or selling any of our organs. You can get onto my mailing list by just asking me or also by picking up my free quick start guide for a system I teach divorced dads that helps repair fraying family connections called restorative parenting. It's a program for any dad really who wants to become mentally resilient in order to better cope with all the bullshit. Pardon me if that was too much for you, but if you're not dealing with bullshit, you're probably not even listening to me here. And it's for any dad who could use some help stepping back into his boots as an effective parent if he's been undermined for months or even years by his ex. I also explain how to keep your kids in your orbit, even when you don't get enough parenting time to feel like you're a big influence in their lives. I'll put the link for the Restorative Parenting Quick Start Guide in the show notes. You can get it at bit.ly slash dad again. That's bit.ly slash dad again. Thanks for listening from wherever you are. See you next week.